Hello, my friend. I hope today's episode finds you open and willing to look at things a little bit differently. Today, I want to teach you what the expression show up means and how numbing gets in the way of our ability to be present and engaged in our lives without us really noticing. Stick around for a real conversation about our numbing habits. Thanks for listening to Takeout Therapy, a podcast for people who are trying to be their best selves, but maybe need a little more information about it all. I'm Rebecca Hunter, a therapist and anxiety specialist, doling out the information, latest research, and of course, a little advice here and there. If you've got less than 20 minutes and a good sense of humor, you will find this discussion helpful. This isn't therapy, it's self-help at its finest. Let's get to work. I'm so happy you showed up today. Do you know what that expression means, showing up? We say it a lot in the mental health field, and we all know we're supposed to do it somehow, but do you really know what it means? Showing up is a really vague statement, but basically what it means is presence, awareness, and insight kind of important features of a healthy disposition. So yes, it's important to me that the people in my life are able to show up. But there's something deeper there too. Because as I've gotten older and more healed, I guess, it's also important to me to show up in my own life as well. And so today, I want to talk about something that gets in the way of every person's ability to show up, to be present, to be aware of themselves, and to have insight. We're going to talk about numbing, what numbing is, why we do it, and how it gets in the way of showing up. Oh, and some ways to change that, of course. So before we really get into this, let me give you a little lesson about being a human being, okay? (laughs) We do not like displeasure. We avoid pain. Research has shown that even more than seeking pleasure, we avoid pain and discomfort. And so this is really important information because what it means is that sometimes when we tell ourselves that we're seeking pleasure with that Netflix binge or the glass of wine, what we're actually probably doing is avoiding pain. Damn. I'm so sorry to break it to you, friend. (laughs) It was disappointing for me to learn this too. But then I had to take a good long look at your girl here and make some changes. So let's start by being practical. How about the definition of numbing? Okay. Numbing is, of course, this is my made up definition. You know, I'm not looking at anything up in the dictionary, right? This is, these definitions come from my years of being a therapist and doing my own personal growth work. Numbing is basically the things that we do that help us to feel numb, as opposed to the whole host of very unpleasant feelings that are available to us. (laughs) Sometimes people just feel numb on their own. It's a coping skill for many people who've had hard things happen. We just learn to disappear a little bit and we don't feel as much. And for a lot of people, there are activities or substances that help us to get numb, okay? Alcohol helps us to get numb in a couple of ways. The behavior of drinking has a numbing impact, 
And then the chemicals and alcohol aid physically in that process. But alcohol is not the only thing we do to numb. It's one option in a big, colorful menu. Everything from binging Netflix, shopping, snacking, sex, smoking, gambling, paying, playing Candy Crush. You get my gist, right? The list goes on and on, and it's personal. Because one thing is really interesting, something might really help you numb that doesn't really help me get there. Um, weed is like that. Some people find it very helpful for tuning into themselves and increasing their own awareness, actually. And some people find it quite numbing, no feeling really except being high. So you know what you do to numb. And I don't know anyone that doesn't love a good numbing sesh. But the thing to really take in about numbing is that it's a coping skill. It's an avoidance from life or emotions or any discomfort of any kind. It's how we get out of what we're in. Okay, can I be honest with you? There have absolutely been times in my life where I've relied heavily on numbing to get me through. Do you know what I'm talking about? I had a rough run a few years back, down in the dumps, really unsure about my next move and my work, confused about some of my relationships, the whole nine. Like I had a lot of stuff going on. And my glass of wine after work in the evenings became a solace for me. And so did the one after that. And while I'm really self-aware enough to know that I don't actually have an alcohol addiction, it was problematic. I was definitely numbing. Sometimes showing up is just admitting the truth, even though it's hard. It's sometimes something we don't want to hear. In any case, I saw what was happening my avoidance from the hard things I had going on. And I actually decided to take a break from that particular method of numbing, really. It was a really well-planned in advance and year-long break from alcohol. And holy wow, my friend, I learned some things about myself, and I still am, such as personal growth, if you're willing to look at yourself, <laughs> right? So let's help you take a look at numbing any numbing that you might do, and maybe we can help you show up differently instead. Because here's the deal. When we numb, we're avoiding. And there are people on the other side of that avoidance, my friend, are people. And they feel our absence. And sometimes they feel our pain underneath our absence. It impacts relationships. Numbing impacts our relationships. And then like our feelings are in there too. And sometimes that's what we're putting off, right? Um, and in terms of your relationship with yourself, that's just not a nice thing to do, my friend, because you deserve to have your feelings and express your feelings and have the space to work through them. So if you're finding that you're numbing, you got to take a look at the impact of that first on yourself and then maybe ask about the impact on the people around you. Like, are you showing up or is numbing sometimes the better option and why? A lot of people I work with 
are parents who are stressed out, overwhelmed, and therefore dealing with a larger anxiety issue. Numbing is a major coping skill for anxious people because it's so much easier, my friend, but it makes the anxiety way worse over time. So if this resonates for you, I'd say start getting a handle on your stress, overwhelm, and anxiety first, and you're going to quickly understand your numbing habits and be able to deal with them after that. My fully online program back to calm will gladly support you in your journey to ditch the angst you can check it out on my website rebecca hunter msw.com it's called back to calm doesn't that sound nice And then once you've had a chance to identify the things you do that count as numbing, then we can talk about how to create some change so you can show up differently in your life. There's that expression again, showing up. I know, it's a lot of work sometimes. So just so you know, there's always time for a little numbing, but it's all about intention. So yeah, the first thing I would say in regards to numbing is create some intention around it. Meaning we can't totally eliminate numbing from our lives, or I should say that would be really hard and is not a place to start the process, okay? A good place to start the process is allowing yourself to do your quote unquote numbing activities for specific and limited amounts of time. A good place to start the process is watching for unplanned numbing, for unintentional numbing, for those times when you find yourself mysteriously standing in the pantry for no apparent reason, for those times when you look up to discover that everyone has gone into another room while you were scrolling Facebook. Pay attention to your patterned behaviors that bother you. There's something there for you to learn and look at. That, my friend, is personal growth, right? So once you've started to be able to notice your own numbing, then it's really time to dig in. Like, what's going on that feels difficult in your life? This is really where you want to be confrontational with yourself and honest with yourself about why and how you are numbing. Can you identify the why and get after it? Is it stress, overwhelm, your loud chatterbox brain that never is quiet, right? So many people with anxiety engage in a lot of numbing behavior, and it makes good sense, right? Who wants to feel anxious? Who wants to feel depressed? Don't misunderstand numbing as something bad. It's a coping skill, (laughs) just not a super helpful one. So when we're taking a look at numbing, we also need to consider whether we're ready to deal with what comes up, whether we have the skills to deal with what comes up. Don't throw yourself into a tailspin for crying out loud. Be gentle, my friend, (laughs) if it feels too hard. Picking some easier, pick something easier to look at for now. Personal growth is a lifelong practice. When you can identify an area of your life where you're numbing and some specific ways you tend to do that, so you have to kind of call out your own behavior as numbing, then you can slowly reduce or eliminate the numbing. Instead, you can engage 
with what's going on. You can engage in so many ways. You can have those difficult conversations. You can just engage by committing to think about it right? While taking a walk, um, like taking a walk and making a plan around a difficult thing instead of just watching TV or playing Candy Crush, right? I don't know why I pick on Candy Crush. I just think it's a dumb game. <laughs> I don't know. What do you think of it? You guys can just slay me for that comment if you want to. You can read a few pages of the self-help book you've been slogging through instead of browsing craft room designs on the internet for hours, right? You can take action in your work instead of making to-do lists. Yes, my friends, we all have very interesting ways of numbing. Many parents numb. I hear about it all the time in the therapy office and kids can be hard to be around. So it's pretty understandable that sometimes what we really wanna do is just disappear. Kids have a lot of energy when we're freaking tired and they need a lot of stuff. It's really annoying at times, yeah. I said it. Parents numb. Sometimes the best coping skill parents have is numbing. Playing on their phones, that's a whopper that comes in my office a lot. People get pissed when their partner is sitting on their phone instead of engaged in life that they created together. So it's something to take a look at, especially after last week's episode. See what I did there? And circling back to my own numbing, I'll tell you that boredom is a huge numbing trigger for me. I'm bored, time to numb. But then I wanted to write a hard email or have a chat with John that could be difficult. And for some reason, those things fell by the wayside. You see what I mean? While I was busy numbing, it's not that I'm bored, although that has merit at times too, but that I'm avoiding some other stuff. I've really learned to fill my time with things that I can do to engage in my life and be present. I'm fine showing up most of the time. And when I numb, that's my business. It's my intention. And I give myself permission to do it. But how about no more unplanned, unintentional, and unrecognized numbing? That's my goal. Okay. The bottom line is that numbing in whatever form floats your boat is kind of destructive. It keeps us from processing our emotions, dealing with the hard things in our life, and just generally takes us out of life. When we really want to be in it, that's our intention. That's our hope. So as you go through your week, just very gently pay attention to your activities and how you're engaging in your life. Be willing to be a little confrontational with yourself when you notice you're not really showing up in the way that you want to. And just continue to ask hard questions. Once I started to take a look at the various ways that I was numbing in my own life, it was really helpful because there were a lot of times when I was using my skill of numbing instead of doing my work. Meaning instead of being aware and present, I was closed off and not available. Instead of having insight about my own behavior, I was really close-minded and totally defensive because I didn't want to look at myself. This is not a sustainable place to be. And if this resonates with you, then just know, my friend, you are not alone. <laughs> I hope this podcast feels like a little hug for you today. A little hand on the back, because yes, there are places in life where we all struggle, but at least we have each other, right? Keep working at it, and I will too. Thanks for showing up. 
Okay, I hope you found today's episode helpful. Here's the deal. I'd like to get rid of some of the stigma around mental health, and this is how I'm doing it. You can join me by leaving a review, sending an episode along to a struggling friend, or even subscribing. Any of those choices would be so exciting, my friend, because then you and I, we would be helping more people. Let's do that. If you want to work with me, visit me at RebeccaHunterMSW.com and you can see all the fun things I'm up to. Don't forget, I'm an anxiety specialist. So if that's your jam, it's my jam too. Way to show up today. <laughs>